Hey everybody, if you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond, based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Hey folks, this is Brad Listy. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick plug to the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. I do this, I think, every year, right around this time of year. The ASPCA, you can make a donation right now at ASPCA.org. This is a great organization that for 150 years has worked tirelessly to put an end to animal abuse and neglect. Uh, it's a national leader in the areas of rescue, adoption, and welfare, but none of it is possible without ASPCA guardians. What are guardians? Guardians, uh, they give regular monthly gifts, and they provide a consistent, reliable income stream that allows the ASPCA to spend less time fundraising and more time saving animals' lives, helping animals in danger, and so on and so forth. So go to ASPCA.org and make a donation. It's a good thing to do any time of year, but especially this time of year. All right, let's get started. You are not alone. You have found other people. You and I have a friend in common. Every stupid thing that a writer could do, I've done. I think it's really beautiful. Jesus, dude, what a struggle, you know? It was incredible, you know, it's like your head exploded seeing what was really there. And now here's your host, Brad Listy. Just one person at just one time. Hey, right. everybody, here we right. go again. This is it. This is other people. This is apparently happening. This somehow got recorded. How's it going out there? I'm Brad Listy. I'm here in Los Angeles, California. It's nice to be with you. And it is my great pleasure to welcome you all to the 2015 Holiday Spectacular episode of the Other People Podcast. That's right, folks. The Holiday Spectacular episode is now reality. It is the final uh, episode of 2015 and the very first episode in the history of this program in which I have been intoxicated while recording. And I should clarify that I'm not intoxicated right now. But uh, I was intoxicated just a couple of nights ago. I was sitting right here in this very chair in this garage. And uh, I was joined by three friends of mine. Mira Gonzalez was here. Many of you uh, know Mira. She has guested on this program a couple of times in the past. She's a friend of the program and one of my uh, good buddies in real life. Uh, Mira is a poet and a writer from Venice Beach, California. Also here was Mira's boyfriend, Tyler Madsen. He joined us. He's a lovely man and a gifted uh, web designer, a digital artist, a voice of reason. And uh, then finally, uh, Gene Morgan was here. Gene Morgan, founding editor of the uh, literary magazine HTML Giant, the now defunct HTML Giant. 
And uh, Gene and his family just moved uh, to Los Angeles not too long ago. He hails from Houston, Texas. And he showed up at my door with some fresh fruit and a bottle of Malibu rum. So here's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mira, Tyler, and Gene came over to my house, and uh, we had a plan. It wasn't much of a plan, but we did have a plan. It was a Friday night. They came over. We walked back to the garage. We were all bundled up for the uh, weather conditions. And our strategy, uh, our strategy was fairly simple. We were going to get uh, intoxicated and call people friends from the literary community, friends uh, in real life, fans, call them up, talk to them. And uh, that's what we did. And we recorded it for your entertainment pleasure. We passed the microphone around. (laughs) I think it worked out, you know, it was a little bit chaotic. Uh, We were under the influence. There were some technical difficulties. I was trying to function as a host in an altered state. Please take that into consideration. Uh, without any further ado, here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the 2015 Holiday Spectacular episode. <laughs> is life getting better, though? Like, are your years getting better as you go? Or are you regressing? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Brad. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. I want to find out. I, I, I feel know. like it's all downhill since you said that. But <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined the rest of your year. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's good years and, and bad years. Like, it's kind of hard for me to think of it in those terms. Like, everything's getting, like, better. Like, some things are obviously getting much better and... I don't, some things are probably getting worse. Some things are probably yeah. Is it possible to get? Is same. it possible to to do your life so that like it just gets better? No, and like, then of as you course get, not. No, but then absolutely it, not. You don't think there are people who uh, get into an, an advanced age and uh, are actually at peace and are actually better than they were? Oh yeah. Gene, I, I what mean, do you think? The only way I can answer is like I'm, I'm absolutely better as I've gotten older. Like when I was a young, I was a piece of shit kid. <laughs> Like, when you're a young... Why were you a piece of shit kid? What did you do? You're just a young man, and you do piece of shit stuff. Like, you, everyone has regrets because they do things that are dumb. And you look back on your life, and you go, that was stupid. Yeah. Did you learn from it, or did you not? If you didn't learn from it, you're an asshole. If you did, then, like, you're willing to grow and, like, be mature as a person. And that's what I, I like. You get older, and you can get a little bit wiser. It's fine. There's not a... It's not a weird thing, and especially as a writer, it's like that's like the profession to just get just like taking knowledge for like twenty years, and then I don't know, maybe write about it, maybe wait another twenty years, and then write about it. Like, I think like definitely as a, a person, I've like gotten better. Yeah, like I've definitely like developed more. Like I'm sure I was like much worse years ago than I am now. Um, but like in terms of like life experiences they're so varied that it's hard to say if they're all just getting better all the time right you know some are getting much better and some are going away and some are getting worse and some are tyler how do you feel uh yeah i feel oh pardon me it's simple don't touch the fucking microphone god damn it may not touch the microphone don't make an example of tyler can this be my answer watch the cord watch the cord oh fuck i'm gonna get fired 
Yeah. No, I, I also think uh, Mir and I were talking about uh, how arbitrary a unit, uh, a year is. And um, it's true. Like, you kind of see this constant stream of, like, you know, next year is going to be great. You know, this is our year, uh, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, it's going to be pretty much the same. It's as just a continuum. It's just a big, long blur yeah. of time. But it's a nice idea. For sure. I mean, you got to measure it. You got to. It's a nice idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a practical idea. It's a practical. Hey, everybody! If you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, I have a book for you. It's called "Truth Is the Arrow, Mercy Is the Bow," a DIY manual for the construction of stories. It is the long-awaited craft book by Steve Almond based on three decades of his writing career, a career that has featured at turns depression, failure, anxiety, self-loathing, despair, self-doubt, loss of faith, delusions of grandeur, and the occasional triumph. It's a book about the writing life. Steve Almond has done it. He has embraced it, the full catastrophe, and he has lived to tell about it. The Boston Globe says, quote, this isn't just a book about writing. It's a book about honesty. And Richard Russo calls it, quote, one of the best books on writing I've ever read. It's also the funniest by a country mile. Once again, it's called Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond, available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. All right, you guys. So I think it's time to get to our first phone call here in the uh, Holiday Spectacular episode of the Other People Podcast. I'm going to break this up. You're going to hear Mira and Gene and Tyler and I talking, and then you're going to hear uh, one of our phone calls, and then we're going to go back to the talking. It's just going to degenerate as we go. That's my plan. That's basically what happened. <laughs> So I'm going to start off with uh, Spencer Madsen, Tyler's brother. Some of you may know Spencer. He's a poet. He's a publisher. Sorry, House Press. But there's uh, some news, potentially. Some breaking news regarding Spencer's creative life. And we get to the bottom of it in this hard-hitting phone conversation that uh, you're about to hear. Are you ready? This is Spencer Madsen. Brad? Yo, what's up, dude? Oh, fuck. <laughs> Why are you calling me? <laughs> we wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas, man. Welcome to the Other People Holiday Spectacular. Should I tell them about yeah, the night we just had? <laughs> yeah, I guess we're on the podcast. I'm with Gian. I'm with Gian Carlo DiCiano and Darcy Wilder. Perfect. I'm with uh, I'm with Gene I'm Morgan and I'm with Mira and Tyler, <laughs> your brother. Say say Mira and Tyler's full names. Mira Gonzalez and Tyler Madsen. I just did a stand-up comedy open mic. Oh, you did? How did it go? Dude, congratulations. I, hey, this is a Christmas miracle. I've been telling Spencer that he needs to do this for a long time. Spencer, that's fantastic. 
it was the most insane and surreal experience of my life, not because of my set, but because the organizer of the event was like, let's get some rape jokes tonight. And then all the comedians, almost all the comedians made a point to tell awful rape jokes and they would like count it up. It was a room full of men, like except for Darcy. And then like one other girl came and they just like, it would be like, that's number three. That's number four. Wait, Spencer, where were you? Where was this at? It was, it's called laughing Buddha. Like what? comedy. <laughs> something. Laughing Buddha. It's not very fucking Buddha. So, uh, Gene Morgan, what do you have to say? What the fuck? That's terrible. That exists. It, Spencer, did you? How did you do in your set? Did you? Did you kill? I mean, did you get some laughs, or was it? A, did you completely bust? <laughs> the, the real. How many rape jokes did you tell, Spencer? I got a. I got some laughs. My set wasn't bad, but like it was obviously not my kind of room. Hey, Spencer, I want to put you on with your brother, Tyler. Uh, Tyler, you must be proud. Oh, yeah, very, very proud. <laughs> it's uh, humble beginnings, I guess. Spencer, can you do me a favor? Can you put uh, put Gian on? I want to talk to him. I want to, I want to talk to somebody who actually witnessed this. Okay. Someone who witnessed you on stage. Hello. Hey, Brad. Hey, Gian. Hi, Gian. Hi. Hello. Okay, so can I ask you a question? What was Spencer wearing? Like, what would, what did he wear to his first open mic? Did he have like um, an outfit picked out, or was it very casual? Some like some cool gray pants and like a oh, um, V-neck white tee. He looked very good. He did. You approve? Yeah. Yes. Were you and you were there? Were you nervous for him? Because I can imagine being there for a friend's first. I open wasn't, mic. man. I wasn't nervous for him because we sat here today and like went over it and. It was it was awesome, and I was confident in him, and he was awesome, and I was just like smiling the whole time and laughing. It was a joyful experience. So, do you think this is gonna is I'm this gonna be something, Spencer? Like, put Spencer back on so I can ask. It him is him. no, it's gonna be something huge, man. Like today, like there was something. Spencer and I've been in my apartment all day, and something was like cooking in here, man. You know, in the air, like this was like the launch of something gigantic. Like in a year or two, like Spencer's gonna be one of like the good ones, like one of the like really good ones, I think. Damn. Spencer, like, is this a career shift? Are you are you ready to announce on the holiday uh, spectacular episode that you decided to leave literature for the world of comedy? I mean, I'm I'm definitely not writing books, but yeah. I'm not ready yeah. to say you're done with books. What? You're ready to announce officially on the Other People podcast that you're walking away from books. Brad's trying to get like a e Hollywood scoop. <laughs> <laughs> Besides books, what about Darcy? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, want, I don't want to jinx anything. Darcy read my horoscope, and it's, it's in the skies, it's in the stars. Um, I, I, I do think change is in the air for 2016. What's your, what's your uh, astrological sign? I'm a Libra. Hey, can we get a horoscope reading, please? This is taking forever. Wait, I have another question for Darcy. <laughs> All right, hold on, Darcy. <laughs> Hi Mira. Hi Darcy. Um, so I have somebody here. Wait, Darcy, who are you? What's what's your name, please? Besides um, Darcy. Darcy Wild. Darcy Darcy Wilder. How do you know Spencer and Gian? Um, I met the internet. I met Gian 
Um, I was having like a really bad mushrooms trip once. That's the one time I did it. <laughs> that was the one time? Um, Twitter. We've met All a right. handful of times. That was the first one. That's the most interesting one. And then uh, I guess it's Twitter. Except Wait, but did you met Gian during a mushroom trip? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Where were um, you? Ninth Avenue Saloon. Okay. Uh, mutual friends told me to meet, go there. And then they were on mushrooms and they gave me mushrooms. And I looked it up, and later I found it was called a heroic dose, which is, like, way too many that you're supposed to take. And then we were like, let's go to, back to Gian's. And then we were like, wait, let's go to Darcy's, because I live two blocks away. So then we ended up in my apartment, which is where my grandma died, so it didn't go very well. That's rough. So everyone think, was sort of, like, feeling that energy. They were feeling death energy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. So, how is Spencer set tonight? Mira, what do you want to ask Darcy? Oh, well, it feels uh, stupid now that you don't have a story about mushroom trips. I have somebody here, my friend Jean. No, everything's great. Yeah. Um, my friend Jean here Jean? says he personally yeah. doesn't follow you on Twitter. Yeah, because... Like what? The, no, the thing is, people, other people retweet Darcy so much that you really get her, like, greatest hit. <laughs> I love Thank it. you. So yeah, good. someone told me that the other day. So, what? It's, so, it's off the chart. No, but then I get drawn in. Then I, like, click on your profile. And I'm like, what's Darcy been up to? <laughs> and then I read all your tweets, and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, it's always great. Whoa. Thank you. Thank you. That's very flattering. I noticed that you followed my food Twitter, and I was really confused. <laughs> <laughs> you don't follow the main one, but you follow, like, where I tweet, like, pizza. Yeah, no. Darcy, Darcy, where 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 are you uh where are you tweeting from? What's your can, can you let us know your Twitter handle so people listening know where to follow you? Yeah, I'm gonna say this. And Spencer, like the other week, was like, "Have you ever considered changing this?" And it's nine nine three. <laughs> no, it's fine. It makes sense. It's three. It's nine threes and then a four and then five threes after that. So it's three 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 four. Three, 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 three. I All thought right. you, I thought you okay, guys. Okay, we'll out. find you. It's just lots of nuts, like lots of. I have Spencer's before. horoscope if you want. Yeah, can why don't you go ahead and read Spencer's horoscope, and then we gotta we gotta uh, let you guys. Uh, we have to let you guys go because we have a lot of people to call. Yeah, go ahead and read Spencer's okay. horoscope. Okay. On December 11th, the Sagittarius new moon could bring an inspiring conversation or even a new attitude and mindset. Your creative genius could be your secret weapon today to flaunt it in person on social media through your work. You might wow some key tastemakers or start a viral buzz. Is there a potential synergy in the work? Step ta- steps taken today can blossom over the next six months. <laughs> Libras love to collaborate, and this new moon can spark a meeting. The mind that turns into something much bigger. All right, you guys. There you go. Spencer Madsen. The major announcement on a career shift into comedy. Catch him at an open mic in New York City. Sometime soon. Hound him on Twitter. Giancarlo DiTrapano. The uh, editor of New York Tyrant. Or Tyrant Books. And Darcy Wilder. Whose Twitter handle I cannot remember. 
Good talking to those guys. And uh, now we return to the garage. Mira, Tyler, Gene, and myself. I feel like I will die peacefully, honestly. Like, I feel like it'll be fine. Like, you live a full life, and then, like, you can die peacefully if you're, like, happy, and you have, like, family who you love, and, like, yeah, shit's pretty much okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure why you were calling it spectacular until now. Dude, this is, this is the holidays. This is the holidays, goddammit. This is what we think about at the holidays, though. There's a, there's a dark undercurrent. Let's talk about, like... I don't know, like what we eat at Christmas or something like that. What you, okay. Yeah, do you guys like ham? Up. Uh, <laughs> we're at these great incense matches in the bathroom. <laughs> it was burning a little quick incense, covers up my BO a little bit. Uh, Mira, what do you like to eat at the holidays? Um, like potatoes, any kind of potato, mashed potatoes. Cheesy. Cheese, yeah, cheeses, cheese, mashed potatoes, meat, lots of meat. Pretty much what I like to eat, like all the time. What? What kind of, what? What kind of uh, meat? Steak. Steak. Really rare steak. Gene, okay. yeah. what are you eating at the, at the holidays? Do you have a, a family traditions? Um, I usually eat my mom's cooking. My mom's a fantastic cook. She's, yeah. She's, yeah. She just does it up. Oh, I mean, like wild game. Like, oh my god. Hot, like. Really Should, like stuff your family kills. Your family goes out and, and kills uh, the dinner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like pheasant, pheasants, or uh... Uh, not fe- pheasants. Like a fancy kind of silly thing. Um, okay. Sometimes. You're like a real Texan. <laughs> yeah. No, I have opinion on uh, what kind of meat to eat. What are you? What, what are you hunting? What are they hunting? Uh, Wild boar. I mean, it's always deer. People deer. are always shooting deer. You eat venison. Deer. Like I'm a vegetarian, and I'm I'm way more in favor of somebody going out and actually hunting their dinner and oh, then eating yeah. it. It's so morbid. Like you go out, you have a gun. Like I've been out there before. See, we're getting dark to, again. Like, we're getting dark again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, we're always gonna go dark. Yeah. Um, no, please continue though. Yeah. So I've been out hunting, and like if you just wound an animal, like that's the worst because the animal's oh. gonna run. You don't want it to suffer. That it becomes like. Like, you have to find it to kill it. You have to kill it because otherwise it's just going to die a long, painful death. Fuck that, dude. So, at that point, I've been on hunts before where you're hunting it down until the point where, like, you have to shoot it with a handgun in the head. Oh, my God. Christ almighty. Yeah. And you done that? Uh, Did I shoot it in the head? I may misremember. It's like Red Dawn. I mean, it's like traumatic. You drink the, you drank the deer of your first kill, or the blood of your first kill. No, you don't do that. <laughs> Didn't they do that no. in Red Dawn? Did you see the movie Red Dawn no. with Patrick Swayze? All right, you guys, let's get to another phone call, shall we? Uh, we called Melissa Broder. She's a dear friend here in Los Angeles and a very gifted writer. She's got two books coming out next year. The first of which is an essay collection called So Sad Today, due out from Grand Central in, uh, I believe, March of 2016. And then she's also got a poetry collection called Last Sext, due out from uh, Tin House. You may know Melissa from Twitter. She's very active on Twitter, at Melissa Broder, and then also uh, her alter ego on Twitter, at So Sad Today. So here she is, ladies and gentlemen. This is Melissa Broder. Hi. Melissa, 
Are you recording? So sad today. <laughs> Brad, you hit record? Yeah, we're recording. I hit record. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was the first thing you Uh, Melissa, Jean wants to know if you own Gucci loafers. No. See, then you then you're not living extravagantly <laughs> because that is a telltale sign. I would like them though. Melissa, you do. <laughs> Melissa, you are a well dressed woman. I have to say, you're a well dressed woman. You're well accessorized. I pimp it out, but you know what? That's just a question of wearing black. That's if you so wear all black, you're on the right path. I mean, yeah, like I all black is a very hard thing to get wrong. Yeah, when I saw you today, you were, like, walking down the street, and I was like, oh, like, who is that woman, like, talking on the phone about anxiety wearing all black and who has the same <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Melissa. <laughs> I was, like, yelling at Brad on the phone about anxiety. Brad, wasn't I on a rant? <laughs> no, this was, uh, yeah, this was so funny because uh, today was a weird, like, nexus of uh, Los Angeles literary culture. I was talking to Melissa on the phone who was walking out of a pharmacy in Venice Beach and ran into Mira, and what, you guys were, like, both buying, getting your meds, or getting, Melissa, were you getting Nicorette? What was happening? I was getting Nicorette. Okay. Yeah, I was picking up meds, and I was walking into the pharmacy, and she was walking out of the pharmacy. What are the odds of that? I mean, yeah. I, you guys both live in Venice, so. Yeah, we go to the same pharmacy. And I was, like, I so like deep into, like, lecturing one. Brad that, like, <laughs> it was like I was mansplaining Brad. It was, like, <laughs> Freaky Friday. <laughs> About what? About what were you mansplaining to me? About Mira? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, about creativity. Oh yeah, that's right. You yeah. Remember you I gave very... you my lecture on creativity? Yeah, you had some very strong thoughts, and like you know what? Like I thought that you uh, were very persuasive. I felt like a certain, you know, that feeling you get where you, it's like almost like the chills when someone says something really true. Yes. It was like that. Well, I when like a those. Jewish woman is yelling in your ear, it's persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, I felt a chill. So, yeah. It was like, can't let the market like dictate your idea. Like you, there's no like nothing is gonna go viral if you want it to go viral. You have to just like be very true, and then you can like try to make it go viral with like, you know, whatever, like publicity or being like. But the actual like piece, whatever it is, like has to come from the heart. Yeah, or, like, okay. You know, the soul. It's okay. So you're really good at going viral. I mean, like you found a way to go viral. So do you think that's what it is? That's what the, the, the secret to virality is, is just having a strong enough like intuition and self-awareness to be able to know when you are speaking your highest truth. I think so. I mean, I don't, I also think, you know, there's like some, I mean, God, this is like a whole other conversation, but like you know, I, like, wanted to be, like, good at Twitter for so many years, and I tried and tried with my Melissa Broder Twitter to be, like, clever, crafty, like, blah, blah, blah. And it, like, has done fine, but, like, it's so sad today. It was, like, never – it was, like, an anonymous, like, I had no designs on virality for it. It was really a coping mechanism. Like, sitting in my fucking office, like, I'm going to lose my job if I don't stay here, but I'm having a panic attack every day and I really feel like I need to flee. And it was just like tweeting into a void. And so I have to think, I don't know. Like I also just, you can tell when someone's like trying to go viral, you know, like you can like, and they're, they're just like, and if they use the word content, like forget it. I don't know. I just have like a really high <laughs> detector and I just hate bullshit. 
Like, I really don't like it. Yeah. You guys, I, do you guys ever feel that way? You're just, like, there's just so much bullshit. Melissa, if you're I, gonna be a bullshitter, like be good at it. Be like yeah, so that's why that's why it. I make my money in content strategy because fucking who gives a fuck? Content, it's fucking easy. Just be yourself. Be honest. Yes. Like, it's not hard. Be an honest, good person on the internet. Don't be a piece of shit. Hey. Yes. That's what I think. It's real. Yeah, like Brad, look what Brad's doing. Brad, like, you're, you know, people like this show because, like, you're, like, you get people to be real. I try to. shit about, like, the theme of someone's book. They yeah, want no, to know it's like, about, like, childhood trauma. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't interest me. Like, I mean, it, it does interest me, but, like, not for not in the context of this show, which has always been about the personal. And the reason that uh, format exists, which I've said many times, is both a function of uh, like self-interest, like that's what I like to listen to, and that's what I like to to do as a host. But also, just practicality, you know, like in terms of initially doing two shows a week and then one. So, um, it's just the way it worked out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm mansplaining. No. <laughs> You're catching yourself now. That's good. See, like we've raised my consciousness. I now aware when I'm mansplaining. I think you need to embrace your mansplaining and just start a blog that's called The Mansplainer. And, like, you mansplain. Like, anytime you in life feel the input, because really I think for you it comes from, like, a desire to help. You know, you, like, have a humanitarian vibe. But sometimes it's just about, like, what fan to buy. I need more women to mansplain me. Is the the absolute truth of the situation. If you're a woman, mansplain back. And it works great. (laughs) It works fucking great. Like... I mean, men. I know, like, men mansplain each other. Like, how do you think we talk? No how do you think we talk to each other? Yeah, I think because that's the thing. I think there are there are different kinds of mansplaining. Like, I like to think that like mine's coming from a place of goodwill, where I think there you can have a man who's mansplaining, who's trying to like lord over a person and really exert his like psychological will upon them. That's a and that look. And then there's you. Like you're genuinely worried someone is going to buy the wrong stand. And like, I want you to have the fucking Vornado. <laughs> It's compact. It travels well, and it, it makes a lot of like it makes a lot of good whirring noise if you need it for uh, white noise to sleep. You don't want to see someone you care about get the wrong fan, or even someone you don't care about, because I feel oh. like you care about humanity. You know, like Dude, you want everybody to have the right fan. Be a helper. Be a helper if you can. Yeah. It's the holiday. <laughs> I almost felt like. A, <laughs> I. I almost, I almost felt like I was gonna break into an acapella song. It's like it was some almost like it was kind of the Rat Pack. It sounded more like like Sesame Street to me. Oh my God, you're the whitest. It's it's like Dean Martin does Sesame Street. Like be a helper. <laughs> the other day I was in Brad's car and he put on the Grateful Dead. Yeah, I did put we were, on like, the Grateful Dead. We were like in a Dead. parking garage. I was listening to like Brad's Scarlet Begonia. The Grateful Dead. They're like his favorite. I love the Grateful Dead. I'm not a, I'm not ashamed. He's a full on deadhead. Hey, Melissa. I saw mm. fish on New Year's Eve one year in Madison Square you Garden. You did? 2002, 2003. How was it? Uh, it was fucking amazing. Oh, my God. Wow. That's, I, I feel a lot of respect for you for admitting that like, <laughs> in a microphone. <laughs> We're out of the closet, everyone. Fish is my deepest fucking darkest secret, but I feel like I'm at a place now in my life <laughs> where I can finally reveal that when I was in high school 
I was keeping the game. And but listen, I listen, but listen. If you're being yeah. honest, when you're alone, some of those songs, when you listen to them, don't doesn't it evoke a lot of like really warm nostalgia? It does, but it's also like incredibly embarrassing and disgusting at the same time. It's like <laughs> you know, like everything I love, I like or loved. You know, it's like there's 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 a nostalgia, and then there's like a deep self-loathing. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's the kind of like at the core of nostalgia in a lot of ways, especially from like our adolescence. But, um, you know, yeah. I guess like, I just or even feel like, like childhood. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes I like, don't, I hate my inner shop. Like, people are like, treat yourself as though you were like, you know, a baby. And I'm like, ugh. But I keep that fish. I mean, I can't believe I just like said this publicly. This is, n- I've never. But see, this is the thing. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because I feel like if, if, if people, if if everybody came out of the closet and laid down their cards on where they stood on jam bands, I think a lot more people than you would suspect actually were or are fans. But they don't want to talk about it because it it somehow connotes idiocy or something on you. You know, it, like infers this like or confers this kind of like label of idiocy if you like a jam band or like you're small minded or you you like shitty music. And I think a lot of people, especially people who are trying to be like, you know, art people, there's a a self-protective. Oh, I, I want to be a hipster. I could break a lot of people's activities right now. Let me just tell you, I have the fi- I have the jam band good on a lot of people who you would never in a million years expect. Yeah, name names too. Let's hear it. I can't. I can't. Huh. I can't do that for this dude. You can't tease like Gawker, that. It's like when Gawker out of that person's gate. It's not right. You can't out someone as a jam band. Listener without their consent. They told me that in great confidence. As, what if they had outed me? As someone who just came, I'll say came forward as a jam band. We're breaking, we're breaking, uh, we're breaking some ground here tonight. This is news. <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm in space, 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 guys. This makes me feel good. This is truly a holiday special. All right, guys. There we go. That is Melissa Broder. Isn't she great? And uh, I should mention that I uh, I had trouble recording Melissa. In my altered state, I kept forgetting to press record. We had like two full phone conversations <laughs> prior to that one. The first of which was really good. I feel bad. I fucking forgot to press record. That's what happens when you try to do this. Under the influence. I'm going to do another call. I'm just going to let this roll. I'm going to meander. I'm going to improvise. The next guest is a surprise. I won't even introduce her. We'll just transition from one call to the next. Seamlessly. Roxanne. Brad. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We're in my garage. I'm here with uh, Tyler Madsen and Mira Gonzalez and Gene Morgan. Say hi to uh, Roxanne Gay, everybody. Hi, Roxanne. Hey, Roxanne. Hi, guys. Okay. So growing up, uh, holidays, like any memories, any like presents that you got that you'll never forget? Like something uh, really distinct from the uh, childhood of Roxanne Gay. 
uh, I remember one year my parents got me a huge chalkboard. <laughs> it was on wheels and everything. I have no idea why, but was it they green? got us a chalkboard. Yeah, it was green. Okay, so Roxanne, uh, like you're a teacher, you got a chalkboard as a child. Any correlation? Mm-hmm. You think of I mean course, like you, obviously. So from a young age, you were demonstrating this. Absolutely. I, I mean, I you know I was drawing stick figures on this chalkboard as a kid, and clearly that was my calling, and so that's what I do now. And now here you are. And then the other thing that you do, I find, is like you are constantly dealing with assholes on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I feel bad for hobby. you. Yeah, I, I definitely have gotten good at like dealing with the bullshit. I used to just sort of ignore it or not have like a good witty retort. But the more it happens, the more I'm like, fuck you. I'm not going to just sit here and take this. And so I try not to do it all the time. And sometimes my best friend is like, you need to stop. But um, it's just very satisfying to just push back when people just bring stupidity to my doorstep. Like last week I was at Subway and I just had bad customer service, which happens. And I complained about it on Twitter, which I think is the perfect venue for complaining about something stupid. And someone told me I was oppressing the working class. Yeah, I saw that. I, was I like, saw this. Oh, man. We have totally jumped the shark. This is, it was so unbelievable that I kind of was like, wow, I want to see where this is going. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that like, you, you know, you get enough followers, you're going to have some crazies and then you get a few of them that latch on to you and they want to mm-hmm. be antagonistic and they want to pick a fight. Um, and it seems like, and, and then I guess like, you know, what you write and the, the way, like, you know, how outspoken you are, um, you put those sorts of essays and pieces out into the world and it, you know, a lot of people read them. You're bound to to cross paths with some of these crazies on social media. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that because I care about the world and I'm a feminist that I'm also a saint, but I'm really not. I'm they called it, you know, bad feminism for a reason. And so I'm just like I'm just like everyone else. I have petty moments and let me live. What do you think about you political know, correctness? Crazy. No, I'm serious. I'm serious because it gets it gets dicey. It gets dicey on social media. Like I get scared to talk because I'm like I, you know, I got to be careful. And then like it's a hard line to walk. It is a hard line to walk. But I I think that there's political correctness, and then there's just human decency. And I think there are some people who take this idea of decency to a really fucked up extreme where you really can't say or do anything. Right. And I think we do need to push back against that, but, um, well, and and like, I think you also have to be willing, you also have to be willing to be a little uncomfortable. Like just like you, you you can't be a world where like you only are hearing things that make you comfortable. And if anybody makes you uncomfortable, they should be silenced. Like you, you sort of have to be willing to tolerate a certain degree of crazy or like, you know, people saying things that you think are absolutely abhorrent. Yeah, and you have to be willing to admit, like, yeah, okay, maybe I fucked up, or maybe I'm just, you know, an asshole sometimes. I think it's okay to be uncomfortable, and it's okay to be imperfect, and to be told, okay, you, you, you know, you made a mistake, or you, you just fucked up. Um, and I think we're all working on, like, how to deal with that. Nobody likes to be told those kinds of things, but, you know, so, Twitter. <laughs> so, <helps>. okay, so <laughs> Christmas, Christmas, uh for you, is there any Jesus in it? Are you at all influenced? Like, is it Jesus's birthday for you, or is it just a holiday to get together with family? Um, it used to be Jesus's birthday for me. Um, 
because I'm Catholic. And so we used to do the whole thing, Christmas Eve mass, blah, blah, blah. So, like, in the back of my mind, I'm aware that it's Jesus' birthday. But Is it now really, it's just though? a chance to see my family. No, it's not. It's, yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting story that we've been telling for millennia. I don't believe it. and But I think it's a nice story. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. But I just think it's a great opportunity to um, hang out with friends and family. And I love giving gifts and receiving gifts. And so I think it's great that we have this excuse. Yeah, you know, it's like easy to be cynical about it. I can be really cynical about it, but then like whenever I'm in it, especially now that I have kids, but like when I get into it, it's fucking hard. It, there's, it's very easy to process Christmas in a really uncynical way and just like make the best of it. You know, when you're in it, I think Absolutely. the anticipation of it, it's the anticipation that maybe gets people into a darker mood. But like once you're there and it's Christmas Day, like you got to try to be an asshole, right? Yeah, I mean, I have a three-year-old niece, and she's so much fun. She loves like. Last year for Christmas, she wanted a scooter and one dress. It was the funniest Christmas list I've ever seen. And so that's what she got. And she was so happy with her one dress and her scooter. And I just love seeing that excitement. And, um, of course, being a ridiculous aunt, I got her a Jeep, like a big, huge yeah. Jeep that she could <laughs> run people over with. Um, and I just I love that joy that kids have. It's completely unvarnished. What color was the Jeep? It's red. It's fucking badass. It's a red Jeep, and it's is it a two-seater? It's got two seats? It's a two-seater, and it goes... It has two two gears. Two and a half miles an two hour gears? and five miles an hour. What? Two gears. <laughs> yeah. My, my first two cars were red. My first two cars that I drove in like high school, and then the next one was were both red. What do you think that says about That's me? That's because you're a bad Brad. I think it says that you're a bad Brad. Is a red car okay? I like for a while yeah, I had I had friends of mine who were telling me that it wasn't. I, I kind of like Why it. wouldn't it be? Stylish. I would have a red car. Yeah, I think it's kind of yeah, sexy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So red cars are okay. Red Ferrari. Yeah, Octane especially when they're Ferrari. like little red Corvette. <laughs> okay, that was a stupid joke. <laughs> I think the first time I ever met Gene, he had rented a red convertible and was driving it around. Yeah, because when you're in California, you want to be like the video game. You want to be driving, red car, top down, hair in the wind. Silver bells, it's Christmas time. Okay, there she is, guys. Roxanne Gay. She has a book coming out in 2016. It's called Hunger. It's a memoir. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, I think at this point we should go back into uh, the group talk. Me and uh, Gene and Mira and Tyler. We'll continue that. There's so many calls. There's so much audio to stitch together. I feel like this is going to be a five-hour long episode. (laughs) I might have to try to compress. I don't know what I'm going to do. Creating this as I go. So let's go back to uh, group talk. Group talk, everybody. Move, move to Hollywood. Really Is he from Houston? Yeah, Patrick Swayze. R.I.P. Dude, he's the. I was My thinking, mom went on a date with Patrick Swayze. <gasps> no shit. How did the date go? Uh, it actually, I mean, like, I think Patsy Swayze, Patrick Swayze's mom, was trying to set up. My mother. This is lore to Patrick. me. He's like one of my all-time favorites, like sincerely. And my mom was, uh, my mom was a dancer, ballet dancer. 
No shit. Yeah. Almost a ballet dancer. I didn't know. Yeah. So Patrick Swayze, I was thinking about his appeal. Like they were, what was I listening to like a radio show this morning and they were talking about, or no, I was watching uh, Bourdain. <laughs> and like he had Bill Murray on and then some other, it was a chef at a restaurant in Charleston and they were talking about Roadhouse. Wow. The movie, yeah. which I love. Like I, like there's a certain thing about Patrick Swayze movies, like Point Break, Roadhouse. Uh, I mean, what else? I mean, those are the, really the two big cult movies that I think. Or no, Dirty Dancing is sort of ghost. Ghost, ghost yeah. Ghost is a but that ghost was like Point blockbuster. Break. Point Break and good Point Break and uh, and Roadhouse. Yeah, and then remake? Dirty Dancing. Did they? No, it's coming out. It's coming out. But I, the, the, let's not talk about that. Yeah. So like the, no, but I was thinking like. <laughs> Like, Patrick Swayze's appeal is that he is, um, like, earnestly loved by a lot of bros, but I think by a lot of females, too. Like, not necessarily for his looks or for, like, his sex appeal or whatever, but more just, like, for these performances. And I, you watch a movie like Roadhouse, which is, like, clearly, like, a B movie, like, low budget, bad script, um, you know, clearly, like, the, the set design and, like, the fight scenes and, like, everything is just, like, so cheese. But he takes it so fucking seriously. Like, there's not an ounce of irony or cynicism in any of his performances. Like, I was trying to, like, define it to myself. Like, how can that movie possibly work? How can Point Break possibly work without him? Like, there's something about the force of his total lack of irony and, like, his absolute commitment yeah. <laughs> that, like, yeah. you just... And he's, like, and he's just... There's something about it. And he's behind Demi Moore molding the clay bowl <laughs> and you're still like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> He's, yeah, fuck yeah. Patrick, get it. And, and he gets so pumped up for him, and, and he's behind a woman caressing her while they make a clay bowl. And he's so sincere, man. He's making oh. that fucking bowl. And yeah, you believe it. It's, it's, yeah. You believe it. And, like, I think it's a fool's errand to try to remake Point Break. I don't think that people who are on... Let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay, you guys. There you go. Some more group talk. And uh, now we'll transition into another call with uh, a friend of Mira's, one of Mira's dearest friends. It might be her BFF. I don't know how she categorizes this. Let's just call this Mira's BFF, Natasha. Natasha is an aspiring interior designer and graduate of the University of Southern California. Natasha, who I have met, who has a very lovely dog and a very uh, lovely mother. I'll just let this music play <laughs> briefly as we all imagine Natasha. Hello. Natasha. That's my name. This is Brad Listy from the Other People Podcast. Welcome to the Holiday Spectacular episode. Hello. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm well. You're supposed to be here right now, but you bailed. You flaked. I am. I did bail. I flaked. Why did you how flake? How are you? I had to take my boyfriend to the airport. How is your boyfriend, Bobo? He's fabulous. He's Wait, why did you have to take him to the airport? Is he leaving? Where's he going? He's going to, he's going to Portland for four days and then coming home okay uh how did you and bobo uh, meet oh no is this let's change the subject <laughs> are we not supposed to refer to him as bobo 
That was my bad. Oh, no. Um, What's his real name? What's his real name? His name is Alex. And you call him Bobo? Sometimes, but that shouldn't go on the podcast. I have to bleep that out? Wait, I have to bleep Uh out Bobo? (laughs) No. What is happening? This isn't an interview. Put a goofy noise in it, like a uh, So Natasha, did you do you have any uh, pr- gifts or uh, you know some sort of um, you know something on your list that you just can't live without? Oh, something that I want for Christmas. Yes. Um, I've been dying for a pair of luxury sweatpants. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hey. Like I- oh. <laughs> that is- Wait. So when? Okay. So by the way, this is uh, I think there's a name for this. It's called athleisure. It's at leisure. No, ath like instead of athletic wear, it's at. Oh, oh. It's at. <laughs> it's it, no, I swear to you, I read an article about this. It's called athleisure. That's the cl- That's like the category Ath- of. Uh, that's textile. exactly what I want. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't think life is complete if you don't have like an overly priced pair of sweatpants. So what? What? Uh, give me, give me an example. Of, like, what's a brand name that fits the bill for an overly priced uh, pair of sweatpants? Like. Like velvet, they're not velvet. The fabric they're called velvet. The company, and they probably go for like 120 hot. Oh, so you're not looking for like a pair of like Lululemon pants. You're looking for and like no, no. I'm like looking for something to wear in bed. Interesting. Okay, but like something from like anthropology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And around the house, like I feel like here's the real situation. Uh-huh. It is getting colder, so my little like sleek capris are like yeah. not really making the cut like i need something that like hugs my ankle and keeps me toasty ah uh, i see what you mean i see we should go sweatpants shopping soon i want sweatpants I, too i love joggers yes jogging oh yeah they're also called joggers, joggers i think god i the more i look like a grandma the better like <laughs> if i can get the grandma down i want to look like um the older the mom in golden girls wait still getty yeah, like running through, them all, running through them all. Now, is Golden Girls as good as Gilmore Girls? Because I'm on my third watching of Gilmore Girls, and it's getting. I've never even seen Gilmore Girls. I don't know. Yeah, I've never seen Golden Girls. Yeah, same. Natasha's not as big of a Gilmore Girls fan as me. I don't think. What happens? In, I don't even Gilmore know what happens in Gilmore good. Girls. It's good. It's, you like it. It's good. What happens? Well, what happens in it? I don't think Brad would like it. No, it's a, it's about a, a mother who. Oh, I fucking hate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving the garage now. Yeah. What's it about? It's, it's about like a, a mother who like had her daughter when she was like 16. So she's really young and her and the daughter are like best friends. And then they live in this small town that has a cast of characters that whatever do things for 17. <laughs> Dude, so yeah, you're 16. You have a baby. That baby's 16. You're 32. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Teen exactly. mom. It's All a right. show that wouldn't be made now. I could talk a lot about it, but I won't. All right. But Mary, Why don't you think me... it'll be made now? I feel like uh, they no network would like make a show that had a female protagonist like that. Like uh oh. that would like glorify being a teen mom in that way. Like I don't think not that it's like What about Teen Mom on M T V? Okay, that's completely different. That's like it's like the worst <laughs> show. <laughs> it's so provocative bad. media. It's provocative content. <laughs> Look at these teen moms. Look at how totally fucked they are. Guess what? Like, we're not helping, but, like, we're going to film them and profit <laughs> off of them anyway. Yeah, it's like, we give condoms to teenagers in the fucking South. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just use some condoms. It's okay. God won't hate you. It's dark fast. 
Uh, Natasha, where are you going for New Year's Eve? Yeah. How are you going to celebrate? Are you and Bobo going to be together to ring in the new year? <laughs> um, I don't know our plans. We will be together to ring in the new year. I don't know. My sister's birthday is um, New Year's Day. So I often spend New Year's Eve with her. I think she might like, you know, know of a few parties I might want to hit up. Yeah, I don't know um, New Year's Eve either. We should coordinate. Yeah, we should coordinate. I don't know. I normally like, you know, enjoy some champagne. Where I wear um, you're gonna get like fucked a nice up. Fancy dress. No, you, no, no. Fucked up. I don't know. I don't I know how you. Know. Do, I don't know how like what you. No, do. No, no. New Year's like, Eve, you don't you know, go for like, broke. No, no. Like three drink maximum. Oh wow. Up. She's not. She's not like me in that way. <laughs> you, but you will, Mira. You would on New Year's Eve go out and just get bombed. I don't know. I mean, generally speaking, yes. But this year, I don't know. I'm not that into alcohol. Tyler, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm getting fucked up. <laughs> Gene. Tyler, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, Tyler's, uh, yeah, hey. yeah, Tyler's like this silent. He's silent, but he's uh, he's alert. He's, he's alert. Well, glad he's alert. Yeah, he's That's important. Alert. Who else are you guys talking to? I mean, I was getting phone calls. Gene, are you going to get fucked up on New Year's Eve? Uh, yeah, it's my dad's 60th birthday. He was born on New Year's oh. Day. So, Whoa. my dad is 60. Yeah. Love my father. Hey, happy birthday, Dad. Happy birthday, Dad. Pretty paper, pretty ribbons of blue. Wrap your presents. To your darling from you. So, uh, Theo. Um, I am in, living in New York. Oh, you were said you said Brooklyn. Oh yes. Uh, should I get more specific? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Where do you live? Where in Brooklyn do you live? I live uh, 195 Clifton Place, uh, between Franklin <laughs> that, and yeah, Bedford. That, just like what neighborhood? What's your neighborhood? What's your? Uh, uh, it's uh, I think it's I think it's Bed-Stuy. I don't know. Bed-Stuy. People tell me different things. Yeah. Do you like your neighborhood? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of cool, I guess. Coffee shops are opening up a lot. Is it cold pressed? Um, I don't know. I I don't go in there. It's too bougie Good. for me. That's I don't like it. I like juice. Uh, Mir and I get juice sometimes. I get I get down with juice. We do get juice sometimes. It feels bougie and bad, but I like juice. Make your own juice. Is all I gotta say. <laughs> Make your own fucking juice. <laughs> it's a really there's a lot of there's a lot of cleanup. There's a lot of cleanup. There's a lot of cleanup when you... I, I've tried juicing. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Lazy. You're all lazy. Just get fruit and juice it. I, I hear that some juices are bad for you. So, Theo, how much pot have you smoked tonight? Yo, tell us. Um, I, Not that much, you know, because you just don't need to smoke a lot of it. You just gotta... <laughs> you just have to smoke, like... California, so there's lots of weed everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I heard it was, like, legal there or something. Yeah, just, like, I don't on know. the streets. Like, it's just growing on trees on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the everywhere. The of marijuana. <laughs> In Los Angeles. You run green with marijuana. Theo, uh, we wanted wow. to wish you a happy holiday and uh, a yeah, Merry Christmas so and a happy 2016. It's uh, it's great to talk to you in Brooklyn, New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
All right, you guys, that is uh, Theo. I don't even know his last name. He is a, a fan, I think a fan of the show, fan of Mira, a fan of somebody, and uh, responded to our uh, request on Twitter for phone numbers. We called him in Brooklyn, in bed Theo. You can uh, follow him on Twitter. His handle is uh, at uh, T-H-E O-O-O E O-O-O What What is up with uh, these long Twitter handles? At T-H-E O-O-O E O-O-O Theo E-O You guys want some more group talk? I told you this was going to degenerate. <laughs> this is what happens when you get you know four people together in a freezing cold garage with a bottle of Malibu rum and uh, a joint. That's what happens. We also had whiskey. We had hot toddies. It's a delicious beverage in the wintertime. All right, group talk time. We're going to descend into group talk one more time. You ready? I want to know what's wrong. That is not a smooth transition. Watch the cord. Watch the cord. Watch the cord. Oh, fuck. Yeah, just be gentle with the cord. It's what makes the noise. I'm sorry. So jam bands, uh, Mira... You you come from a uh, punk rock family, like your uh, stepdad was in Black Flag, now Flag. Mm-hmm. So like that makes you like kind of genetically predisposed to fucking hate jam bands, That's right? Absolutely correct. You, but what is it? What is the beef? I mean, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say I absolutely hate jam bands. I would say that I never ever listen to music from jam bands and i would never ever go to a, a concert of a jam band so, so um, but i wouldn't I, listen to it i wouldn't go see well, show. but i don't hate it like the like i'm not like oh my god like fuck the grateful dead they're awful like it seems fine like, you would never just like, go as an experience one time i mean maybe if someone like gave me a free ticket yeah you know or something if i had to like write a fucking stupid vice article about it or something <laughs> like that maybe but like i want your vice editors to send you to a, like a... <laughs> yeah if if my vice editor sent me to a grateful dead concert i would go i can put that on the record grateful but... dead's over it would be like what like what's the new way what's the there's new like wave? the grateful dead thing so the uh there's this guy who my mom and stepdad were in a band together with my brother for a long time and the drummer of that band was a big deadhead he was like a close family friend but like massively into the Grateful Dead. Like, I'm talking, like, Grateful Dead, like, themed acid blotter sheets, like the whole shebang. And he would go to these shows that were, like, all of the members of the Grateful Dead besides Jerry or something like that. It was, like, they have a different yeah, name now. The core and it's, four, like, it's, like, the dead, or it's just, like, the... It's not even the dead. It's, like... Further or some shit Further, like that. maybe? Further it might be further. Yeah, one, one thing related... Yeah. Yeah, it was some shit like that. Okay, where are you, Gene? Where are you on jam bands? You had some fish experiences you were talking about. Uh, so like, I really like the Bruce Hornsby era dead. Yeah, early nineties, oh, like man. early early nineties. Yeah, I like the piano when that gets brought into it. But I also like the old 
kind of western pig pen dead yeah that's my that's my shit because that's really closely related to like all the like texas old texas bands that i love like they're not afraid to go to places where that music comes from fuck yeah so yeah pretty like 71 pig pen like those shows oh like well you know when he when they went to what europe he was dying like he was not in good shape right I think, like, if you get him, like, in the early year, even even in the early years, like, when he's, like, he's just having fun. He was, like, the only guy in the band who could play. At he that, was like, who they, he was, I mean, like, it seemed like he was who people went to see. What? Why the fuck am I talking about the Grateful <laughs> Dead? Why are you doing, why are people doing this to me? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm interested. A merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. So what's like, what would you say is your fondest memory of a Grateful Dead show? Oh, God. What's like one of the best things that happened to you at a Grateful Dead show? Or just like an interesting thing? I mean, really so many, but I would say... Oh, my God. Did you ever run into any like really crazy people... Oh my! It's like, okay, Brad. No, no, no. I'm just. I'm really like. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a safe space here, Brad. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of yours. Yeah, yeah. To really be willing to smell terrible, right? Uh, eat dirt <laughs> and <laughs> and, be, and feel like shit a lot. You yeah, know, I feel like general shit a lot. But yeah. it's a, it's. A, I mean, I just would go. I mean, I would go for a weekend and I would come home and just be wrecked. But like, uh, so yeah. So like, went to Vegas and um, I saw. I remember seeing Dennis Rodman when I was like really like. God, I love crazy. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, he is one of my favorite people. Yeah. And they were just like, it was so fucking hot. They were just like spraying everybody with fire hoses. And wow. it's like just, you know, random. And you just with the people that you're with. You know, but and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. I've always thought of it like baseball. Like you go, the baseball season is so long. These teams play, how many games do they play in baseball? Like 128. 162. 162 games. Yeah. That's a lot of baseball games. You can't watch all of those baseball games. Your life is in a rough, you're having a rough patch if you watch all of those baseball games. Yeah, like it's like, it's like... no, but I have more. I, I, just to interject, just to interject about baseball, because like I have, I've had this thought, like, why do they have so many fucking games? But then it's like, oh my god, when you do the math, like these players are playing twenty-eight out of thirty days a month. It's like this crazy grind because baseball, when you watch it, upon the highest bound, have yourself. A merry little Christmas night. 
it's an imposter. It's another white man. Wait, Amelia, say hello again. I just started recording. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yeah, go. You ready? Okay. Hi, Jean. Hello, Amelia Gray. No, quit talking for me. She's talking to me, Brad. Hey, Amelia, how you doing? <laughs> hey, buddy, how much Malibu have you had tonight? <laughs> so wait, I, now, I, Amelia, I, what is your history with Malibu rum? My history is Malibu. God, I don't think I've had any since I was an undergrad at Arizona State University in Tempe, Arizona. Sun Devils. Um, but, um, okay, so yeah. you're back. You're back in Los Angeles for New Year's Eve, and then do you know what you're gonna mm-hmm. do? I'm gonna take it pretty easy, I think. Everybody you know? says like, that, though, gonna... Amelia. You know it's a lie. Everyone <laughs> says that. Everyone says, "Oh, take it real easy." You're home alone. You're drinking like nine drinks. I really can't stay. But All right. It's cold outside. I'm still here. Got to go away. <laughs> but baby, it's cold outside. One of the things you realize when you uh, do a production like this is uh, you realize that it's hard to uh, edit party talk in a manner. And by the way, you do. I have had to edit. I had like five hours of audio. I'm not going to just put it all up as is. A show like this, you have to cut it together. It's labor intensive. So I feel like I should say something about the holidays. It is the holidays. Have I said anything official about the holidays in these uh, interstitial monologue bits? Happy holidays. Are you in transit? I hope this show has been enjoyable. Has it been enjoyable? (laughs) At the very least, it's been a novelty. And what's interesting uh, and kind of funny to me is that when we parted ways, when Gene and Mira and Tyler left, uh, I felt very good about what we got. And while it was all happening, it was extremely fun. It was electric. I felt like we captured lightning in a bottle. Audio gold. Maybe we did. I have no idea. I'm listening to it now, and I'm like, God, I sound like a fool. (laughs) That's all right. I'll be a fool for Christmas. I don't care. Almost 400 episodes in, and I've waited this long to do a show under the influence. I think that's uh, an impressive exercise in restraint. So do you guys want to hear the end of the group talk? I guess we should wrap the group talk up. We've come this far. We owe it to ourselves to hear group talk wind itself up. Let's go to that. Let's do that. That's like a jam band. It's low impact. The production values are low. It's just like, let's go on a wing and see if it, you know, like, it's, uh, yeah, no, let's prepare. I practiced last night when I played. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it's really more of like a rolling show. It's like the circus. Like, yes. The circus doesn't have an off night. There is no, it doesn't slow, it doesn't slow down. Like, right. So jam bands are kind of light. You kind of have it's like baseball. Get baseball break. You go to the baseball game, you get a beer, eat a hot dog. I don't watch the game like a whole bunch. You're talking to your friends. I'm talking to my friends and <laughs> hanging out. It's really nice. You guys dance at concerts when you go? It depends on the concert, but if it's like dancey music, I'll dance. You're a dancer. Yeah. 
Gene, you, you dance. I, I can see oh, you yeah, dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler, you a dancer? No. I'm not much of a dancer either. No, I don't dance. I gotta be pretty fucked up. Still. Yeah, I, I do some head bobbing. Sure. A little bit. I've seen you do, like, a little head bobbing, maybe. Maybe. Like, just, like, a little, not, like, a ton. Like if it was a dead concert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the cervical spine up. Are you just... gonna, like, come out later and tell me that you're a dead fan? I wish I could, actually. No. Do you really wish you could? Well... A friend of mine who I respect a lot is a Grateful Dead fan, man. Are you not going to name names? His name's Mike. <laughs> oh, you can't Mike. Out, you can't out somebody for being a champion. Oh, he a he put the Grateful Dead on the subs. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, picked my interest a bit. Yeah. How did the Christmas special devolve into this? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> like, holy oh, fuck. Oh, it was God. only a... <laughs> That entire <laughs> part. There's no fucking way you're leaving that whole thing in this. Absolutely not. I gotta listen to the playback. No, you may not cut any of that. One hundred percent of that is going into the special. So beep out the name of the band. We're all coming up. We're gonna just desecrate our brands, just like they talked about jam bands. But I'm glad, that's why I'm glad we talked about it, because it's like the unspeakable. You know, we got to say the unspeakable. So Jesus. Living <laughs> <laughs> on the edge. This is how white men live on the edge. Fuck, Brad. Talk about jam bands. New Year's Eve, 2002, 2003. <laughs> there's a sniper here, there's a sniper there. We're in Madison Square Garden. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, we've all gone insane. <laughs> uh, what else do we talk about, guys? I mean, we, we feel like we've got it all. We wrapped it up. We covered all the bases, the jam bands, the New Year's Eve, <laughs> the holidays. I, th- I feel like we need to do more to like, make the jam bands go away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we should talk more about jam bands. Yeah. I think we let's should just, just go, keep going. Let's go down into that hole. Play us out, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Dead on impression. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah, does anyone here play an instrument? Nope. None of that. You play a little guitar. Yeah, hell no. I don't you know, play shit. I feel like you're the guy who could play, like a yeah. Led Zeppelin song. I used to think party. I could play the harmonica, but that was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, not you? No. You got nothing. I wish I could. Can anybody sing? Mira can sing, but she won't admit it. Mira can no. sing. No. Why do you think? Did my mother tell you that? No, you told me that like long yeah. when we first no, met. No, but I can confirm it. She can no. sing. She can sing. Yes, she can sing. Why? What, when did when do you hear Mira sing? Uh, when she thinks I can't hear. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, Mira, like, are you, like, are you a shower singer, car? Uh, I'm I'm definitely a car singer, but only. Well, I guess when you're there, too. yeah, I'm a car singer. Whose voice sure. do you wish you had? Like when you hear, like, is there an artist in that you're like, huh. when her song and your and your voice is actually like goes well with their music? You know what I'm saying? Like certain people, you can sing yeah. their songs. The you do? What is it? Tyler, Tyler, come here and whisper. <laughs> Tyler, come whisper it in my ear. I want to see if you get it right. Huh? Say again. I can't hear you. Oh, no. oh <laughs> I'm going to hear it. Okay. Um, I don't, like, I mean, like, I feel like I want to see something like, like Amy Winehouse, but, like, I obviously, like, my voice doesn't match hers at all, and, like, I would never have her voice. 
And then I like I want to say like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> That's what he said. Dude, you were Mira. You were selling me so hard on the Red album that I bought that fucking album. It's, it's on my a good phone. fucking album. I mean, it's a fucking great album. I get it at a pop level, but I mean, it's not. It's a perfect pop album. Okay. That is like her new album. I don't know, whatever. And she's but, probably insane, but I will defend the album Red until like the day I die. That's she's a good pop album. songwriter. She knows Red it. puts her up there with Dolly, and that really means something to me. Don't tell my mother I said that because she'll murder me. But I love Dolly, and I put. I love Dolly too, but I can't. Get, I can't warm to Taylor Swift on that level. Well, you can't warm to her as a human being on that level, for sure. I mean, like, what's up with the, all the friends and pulling these people on stage? It feels well, phony. I, don't, it, it, I mean, yeah, it probably how, does how feel phony. She's 26 or something. Yeah, like, 25, maybe, 26. Yeah. I mean, she's young. Give her some but time. She's been doing it, yeah, she's, she's been doing it, like, she's still young enough to where, man, give her some time. Yeah, well, she's, she's young, and, I mean, for how young she is like okay this is an anecdote that i like to tell people about taylor swift so she came out with her first album that had a lot of hits it had like love story and like all that shit that made her become like a famous pop star and then her next album that she came out with which was going to be like her like album that was going to like bring her up to the top of the billboard charts she insisted on writing 100 percent on her own and the entire album was written just just her she was like 20 when she wrote it and that album ended up being like one of her most popular albums yeah she's got some sort of like gift for the writing like a pop hook and you know i mean she's like uh, got a gift for what she does and like i know she's like a cheesy pop star but like i think she deserves a little bit of credit for that like that's yeah. pretty fucking cool i mean she's got a banner she's got a banner in the staples center it's like the most sold out concerts at staples is taylor swift it's fucking insane yeah so i mean you know whatever but i just and like if she wants to promote female friendship like yeah go for it like it's cheesy and it's like probably but fake. she's pulling but like, like the... she's pulling like mick jagger up and shit I mean, yeah but, but there's like worse things to do like you could be like having arguments with other female that's pop right. stars. that's right that's right so uh, but I like Miley Cyrus. I always say there's a dichotomy. I'm a Miley Bird fan. So why? Uh, just because I feel like there's a lot of psychological satisfaction for me. And maybe this is sort of like crude. But like watching like a young Disney star who was like this squeaky clean, you know, like, uh, Hannah Montana or whatever. To see her just kind of like get really fucking like, like ostentatiously weird is very satisfying to me. And I also think like that Dead Pets album is like really fucking good. Like I... I loved it, and I thought that, that yeah. uh, I think that she's making interesting choices and is sort of blowing up all of that artifice in a really loud way, and I, I don't know. I find myself cheering yeah. for her. I don't dislike Miley. I didn't I didn't like that album. I think she has had some – like, I thought Wrecking Ball was amazing. It's a great song. Um, yeah. And I, I do, like, like that she went from being Hannah Montana to just going totally fucking nuts, and every time she's, like – I don't know, naked in whatever magazine or like acting insane. I'm like, yeah, Miley, like you she go just girl. Doesn't give like, a fuck. yeah, she's like making like a giant like bong with beads all over it as art and selling it. Like, yeah, fucking go for it. Like, like whatever. But doing, I, but I, see, this is the thing. She's doing a lot of hallucinogens. She's doing a ton. Yeah, of but that's. Hal- I mean, how old? Again, how fucking yeah. old is she? Yeah, but the, but listen, but not everybody she's, who's 22 makes that call. No, but she has a right to because she when she was young she was put in front exactly. of the camera exactly and she lost a lot of her ability to make creative choices yeah. yes she hoard herself out creatively before knowing what that actually meant so 
when she turns against that, it's perfectly legit. Like, she has every, like, reason to do that. Every, like, honest to God, like... That's what I'm saying. That's why I love her. Because she's like, you can can feel her breaking out against that. And you don't usually see that from... Uh, child stars it's who true. are in the Disney Channel. You well, and usually... I appreciate how open she's about it. Like in interviews, she's like, "Yeah, like I was like sexualized, kind of, from a really young age, being like Hannah Montana on this weird fucking Disney Channel bullshit." Like, and that'll, I mean, she lost her childhood to that essentially, yeah. and like yeah. that'll fuck you right up. And like, yeah, I don't like. I'm glad she's like doing. The See, thing she's doing I now. want. Feels the, I way want, more natural. I want her and Taylor Swift to hang in like Joshua Tree. <laughs> I want Miley and Taylor to have like a. They meeting. would not get along. I don't no, know. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, throw them in exactly. there. Exactly. Like throw them in a tent. <laughs> See what happens. Come, here's the yurt. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the best thing that ever happened. See, like, like to me, Taylor Swift is like a businesswoman. You know, like that's Miley's, why she needs the weekend away with uh, with uh, Miley Bird. I agree. I think she should do peyote with Miley for sure. Yeah, that would be really good for her. I think it would be like we're in full Taylor Swift. On that. Taylor Swift is really talented, and I think if her, if she were to have an experience like that, or like test those waters and really like. You know, she's a very controlled person. Yeah. So, like, she would have to loosen control in a really core way, like, hardcore way. And if she, she did that... Po- is it possible for her to do that? Yeah. Like, like her and position what is she positive? In, yeah. I mean, her position in media culture now is so deep and ingrained. Like, there are other powers that have that are pushing against her. Yeah. There are things that she can't do now. I mean, that that's the way she's it works. She's got $100 million. She can do whatever the she fuck she wants. She can do whatever she wants, but does she want to lose that? Does she want to risk yeah. that money? Because the minute she starts doing whatever she wants, the money stops flowing. She should. Know? She like, should. $100 million well, is plenty of money. Like, go do what you want. Be yourself. Yeah. You're going to fucking yeah. die. Yeah, yeah, what are we... What are we talking about? Like, what else should, should like she Taylor, do? Right yeah, now? like, what if Taylor wanted to, like, <laughs> break out and do peyote, like, would she be risking her brand I, and her appeal to the masses? And yeah. I, don't dis- I don't disagree, but what I'm saying is that if that is what she truly wants to do, if she's like bored with the corporate shtick yeah. or whatever, then you got the money. Fuck it. I think everybody would love I to see would, it. On pay per view, I would watch. Oh, she, I'd pay 90 bucks to oh, watch her do pay She needs to start a jam band. Yeah. Taylor Swift needs to start a jam band. She why why hasn't she thought of this yet? <laughs> she needs to, like, at least, she needs to. <laughs> She needs to lose. <laughs> we all have to go to bed. This is yeah. fucked. But listen, guys, uh, I can't tell you how I didn't know how this was going to go. I, I just I invited some people over. I said, "Well, no, we'll you'd be talking about jam bands." So I much. had no idea. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know like technologically in the beginning it was touch and go. We didn't know if we were going to be able to do the phone calls. Um, but this has been great. Uh, I could not have spent my other people holiday party uh, with any uh, better uh, trio. So thank you for coming over for the spectacular. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy Holidays. Thanks, Brad. Happy New Year. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been the Holiday Spectacular. I'm Brad Listy. I'm I'm Gene Morgan. I'm Mira Gonzalez. I'm Tom Adson. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you in the new year. All right, you guys. There we go. That's it. That's the end of the uh, 2015. Other people, holiday spectacular. Yes, indeed. Uh, I want to thank everybody as we wrap up 2015 for uh, supporting the show, listening to the show, all of it, the kind emails, the tweets. Really appreciate it, you guys. 
It's been a good year. I had a good year. My son was born in July. We worked hard for uh, for that. So, you know, everything else sort of pales. That's the best thing. It makes it, it automatically makes it a great year when you have a child, I think. So there's that, and then uh, 2016, I don't know what's going to happen. And uh, to go back to what we uh, were talking about in group talk, a year really is kind of an arbitrary marker. Calendar's going to change. Not much else is. We will proceed. Until, uh, I guess, until we don't. But I wish you all... Uh, a very happy new year regardless. I hope uh, all good things happen for you. Probably won't, because that's just the nature of life, but I'm wishing you all good things. I don't want to get your hopes up. <laughs> I love this song. I say it every year. I love Old Lang Syne. It's a great song. This was fun. This was a lot of work. I'm tired. I've been in the garage for like 10 hours. I'm wearing a, a long wool coat, uh, slippers, a hat. I have my hood over my hat. I'm dressed like uh, for the weather. I still haven't done any Christmas shopping. I gotta get my shit together. Alright guys, happy holidays, happy new year.